Well, you know what that means. It's Tuesday. It's time for face value. Not only is it Tuesday, and I think it's the third episode. Look at the hair on a Tuesday. Brother, I'm all over the place. I've been waiting for this episode for so long. And then the internet, and I got it, and there's a lot to talk about today. This show is going to be wide open, but I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in. Get your friends on the line right now. We're going to get started. My man, Avi's right behind me, and we're going to kick this off. I got to tell you, thank you so much for the feedback, for the questions, for the love. Um, everything's fair game here on Face Value, as long as it's done respectfully. Uh, we'll answer any questions, but uh, thanks so much for you guys getting those numbers up there. And and, and every day, Avi's got these great hosts with him in Don Morocco and Paul Roma and and Drosy and Glacier and uh, just so much going on. I get to stop in and, and, and listen to a lot of the conversations, and I don't think there's anything like it right now in podcasting. I think it's great. Avi does a great job. He puts up with a lot of a lot of uh, different personalities, but it's Tuesday. We're back. We're going to have a lot of fun here on Face Value, so I, I, I implore chime in right now and let's get it going, and, and just here he is. Here's my man, a man with – he's a wordsmith. Avi, are you there, buddy? I am. Thanks for the kind words, Bill. Man, oh man! Look at see, like it's. I feel like I didn't wear a hat because I threw it across the room. But you're in this great jacket, this fine shirt. You're all you're all because oh, it's getting close to school time again. You know, I was just you took the words out of my mouth. So That's it's like the it teacher is. in me just trying to go in my closet and pretend that I have class to teach, which I don't it, anymore. It's school time. It's it is it is school time. Legendary poet William Blake said, "When I tell the truth, it is not for the sake of convincing those who do not know it, but for the sake of defending those that do." Yours truly, Avi Klein, states that the truth may often sometimes disguise itself in a multitude of differing layers, depending on the person. My buddy and co-host every Tuesday on Face Value does not know the dance known as the flip flop. He doesn't know that. He forges ahead with clear insight and dignified knowledge, all the while lighting those around him with positivity and hope. I welcome once again for episode number three of Face Value, Bill D. Mott. How are they, you, my friend? They said it couldn't be done. They said we'd never reach episode three. You know right. who they are? They, who are they? My wife and kids. Oh. They're going to say, you're going to drive Abby crazy. He's never going to do three shows with you. I thought you were talking about the Seinfeld producers. They said that too. <laughs> but they, we would have a great show in... Or is it they did in Japan? Right. Yes. That episode where it was like done in Japan, I think. <laughs> and somehow like it, it translated to like him making 10 cents a show or something. I don't I don't know how that worked out. <laughs> Are you a Seinfeld fan? I am. I, I think it's one of the best shows ever, ever on TV. I got to Well, you know what? I just want to talk to you about this for a minute. So like with Seinfeld, right? They try two incarnations of actually like getting on. And by the way, if you're a Seinfeld fan. In a couple of weeks, probably even next week, there was a character. And he was he has a great resume. He was on Escape from Alcatraz, supporting role. He played the guy who was trying to be Kramer in one of the network episodes. I don't know if you remember him. Right. Name's Larry Hamlin. He'll be joining okay. us. Uh, Seinfeld, without a doubt, one of my favorite shows. But Curb, Curb tops it, but I wanted to ask you something. I talk to people, and they're either Curb guys or Seinfeld guys. They might like them both. I respect Seinfeld more because, A, there were commercials. And they only had 22 minutes of time to get the story across, and no profanity. They did all that stuff with no profanity. No, yeah. Only only one time did they use something that I couldn't believe they got they got through on the air. But, I know but, what it is. Can I guess? Yeah. The contest. No. When when George called him a jerk off. Oh right. I thought that was. I was like, 
Wow. Yes. He right. I'm you know what? I don't remember what season that was. It must have been early on when the sensors, early on. Yeah. There was no the standards and practices, they weren't even on the periphery at that time. Right. I, I remember talking to a fellow screenwriter and he worked at Lionsgate also. And he told me, man, the NBC did not care about Seinfeld the first two seasons. Really? Yeah. Great show. I've never seen one episode of Curb. Never? It's hard to watch because Larry gets into these situations and you cringe. You're like, oh no. But he's great. I, I find uh, him, I find him funny. I've never seen one episode of Curb. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. It's it's if you binge watch it, you're you're gonna probably wince a couple of times. I might, I might have to do that. Jack Reynolds, hello, Bill. How are you? From Jack. Hey, from, hey Jack. Away from England. Noah Ford, what up, Bill? What up, Noah? Chris Weisberger, hey Bill. Here he is, my brother Chris. Ah, oh, true gentleman, Christopher Ford PT, Billy. This listen, we could do a whole episode on Crowbar. Yeah. Because this first of all, him and I have a, a history together. Jersey, and yeah. it's a it's a funny history because people wouldn't think it. Um but we could do a whole you know what? I'm if you got time, I'm gonna tell you a story really quick. Please, please. So Chris is about 14, and he, he'll give you more. Like I told you, people remember exact. Yeah. I'm not an exact guy. I just started in wrestling. Um, Chris was about 14, and we went to the same gym. Right. And I used to go to the gym and put the headset on. And by then, uh, back in the olden days, it was the Walkman, right? So you had the Walkman. Yeah. And it was strapped to your side. It was in your pocket or something. But I always had the headphones on, listening to my music, lifting big weights because I was big and strong back then. And this kid would come and try to talk to me about wrestling all right. the time. And I'm like, oh, but I, but I, we always talked. You know, I always tried to be cordial, and, and I think, and we always talked. And it came down to when he was going to wrestle. And I said, I tell you what, when you're done with school, college, if I can ever help you out, I'll do whatever I can. That's incredible. Well, we. We're in constant contact the whole time there. High school, college, he graduates college, he's out of college, kept man of my word. Uh, I'd like to think I helped him get his job in WCW where things took off for him. And and it was just, but the story of this kid and his success as now a, a physical therapist and all the things that he's done and the life he's, right. he's built for himself, those are the stories you'll never hear about Bill DeMott. You'll never hear the guidance stories. Well, we'll hear them now. We'll hear them every week on Tuesday for sure. No, you'll hear you'll hear the ones where I tormented people. But yeah. uh, every time I see him, he makes me he makes me smile, just because of who he became as a man, as a person, and and just uh, uh, and and the success he had because he sticks to his guns, and he and he's a, and he's a ton of fun. What what a talent too! And by the way, uh, there's a little connection to Friday's show. We're going to be having on Gordon Soli's son. And, you know, Christopher, as Crowbar, did an amazing Gordon Soli. Got to say. He, <laughs> he's he's quasi-talented. Yes, uh, I interviewed him last year. A great guy. Again, guys, we don't do uh, just wrestling stuff here. Wrestling with anything, but uh, we talk about anything that you can imagine. Wrestling is a topic as well, but it's not exclusive to any of these podcasts. Just a quick rundown, guys. We are going to give you a schedule rundown. Before we do that, I'm going to plug everybody that's actually been pushing this product. Right guard. Thank you, Right Guard. Uh, James, I've known you since college, man. You've stepped up. We have 90 days. Uh, we can start showcasing some of the products pretty soon. Got a box full. I want you guys to start sending the box fulls out to my co-hosts as well. On a day like this, we need some Right Guard. When I get out of this show and I take out this blazer that's 100 degrees, I need a couple of Right Guards, Bill. Not just one. I kind of do the multi-Right Guard thing. Yeah, so. 
Uh, I, well, I don't know what I'd do without Reichardt. I'll be honest with you right now. I don't know, especially on a summer day like this. We thank Reichardt for that. Uh, we also thank the Pro Wrestling Elite fandom page. Uh, these guys are great. Uh, Adam Sentif, you know what? You guys push our show really. You know, we do it wholeheartedly, and we appreciate that. Adam will be joining us as well to play a game later on. And, you know, Adam Sentif, Jack Reynolds from the U.K., you guys are awesome, and it's a great, nice page. If you guys are wrestling fans, check out Pro Wrestling Elite Fandom because these guys are about positivity. They don't bicker. They don't try to book matches. It's all about just having fun over there. Check them out. Jason Up of the New 80s Revolution, a great father, great human being, an 80s guy, which is a soft spot in my heart as well. He'll be a contributor here also. Uh, I do also want to mention just a quick rundown, guys, of shows. We're adding shows as we go along, and there'll be more shows with some recognizable talents of, of – I guess the film and TV world, if you will, uh, that'll be doing weeklies. We'll probably announce that either Friday or Monday. We're just trying to get the schedule worked out. But, guys, for now, what we have, and, again, this is a lineup of quality human beings. You need to check them out all the time. And if you can't watch them live, scroll down my Facebook page, and you can watch the shows again whenever you'd like. Mondays, 12 noon Eastern time, it is Breaking the Ice with Glacier Ray Lord and yours truly, Avi Klein, every Monday. Tuesday, as you can see, it is Face Value with Bill DeMott. And yours truly, Avi Klein, at 5.30 every Tuesday, Wednesday, every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is Maintaining the Truth with Paul Roman, yours truly, Avi Klein. Every Thursday, it is WWE Hall of Famer Don Morocco, and yours truly, Avi Klein. Every Thursday at 5 p.m. Friday, it's a double dip. Part one of the double dip, it's Breaking the Ice with Glacier Ray Lord, and yours truly, Avi Klein, at 12 noon Eastern time. Part two of the double dip, it's the podcast with a purpose. Mike, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, and yours truly, Avi Klein, tackle a lot of issues with recovery. Sunday, it is Unmasking the Truth with the Patriot Del Wilkes at 8 p.m. every Sunday, a hard-hitting podcast. Bill, the floor is yours. It's, I, I'm, I'm always amazed at that schedule. It's uh, it's <laughs> fascinating. I think it's a, a what a and, and starting to listen. You know, I know I know Paul Roma. Um, we've we've had a chance like we've never actually sat down and broke bread together and spent a lot of time together. But I know Paul more more importantly. I know Paul because I've met his students who have come to my sem- seminars and boot camps. And when you when you reflect who your coach is and you act a certain way and you handle yourself a certain way. And you say, well, who's your coach? Well, my coach is Paul Roma. Well, that makes total sense. So for, from from one coach to another, amazing when I meet Roma's talent, when they go, and go out and try to learn different things, the respect they have, their work ethic. I mean, from, from start to finish, how they, their appearance, um, everything top to bottom, no matter how many years they've been doing it and what they think they know, they come in there wide open, ears and everything. And at the end, they, they have nothing but – you have a great conversation with them. Uh, so I, I got a chance to listen this week with uh, with you guys. And uh, when Mario Mancini got on and, and the 20, you know, Paul Roma, 25 years younger and all that stuff. Like that's the Paul Roma that when I was getting in the business, that's the guys we were looking at going, how, how do we get built like that? You know, I mean, <laughs> right, right. The house. Um, but the, you get a chance to listen to these guys outside of wrestling. And it's amazing to me, because I've spent time with a lot of these guys, and I and I say that all the time, but what a, what a um, an avenue you're giving, not only Facebook, and you know it, it goes out there, and people can YouTube it or whatever they do with it, and and I know Twitch is coming on and all these things, but you're giving people an avenue to get to know guys that they got to see for eight minutes on a Monday night or a Thursday night or six minutes, eight minutes on a on a weekend show, but they never got a chance to speak to them. And this is just great because I appreciate that. There's so much, uh, you know, it's the book judging the book by its cover kind of thing. You know, Drosy and the big baggy stuff and the the garbage can and the gimmick and everything else. And well, he must he must be that guy. He must be a dullard. 
and all he is is a big guy with no education and all these other things. And he has a lifetime of experience and he's oh, been yeah. so much and his guidance now for what he's doing. You, you, if you don't tip your hat to that, if you don't, if you don't ex soak that in and go, God, dog, do, you know, my whole thing is everybody has a purpose. And, Absolutely. and, and but, and the, the, the struggle is we all want to know what that is today. But it's not, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but we're not promised everything today. We're just promised. Right. We're just promised. And, and again, and you're right. And a lot of the things that people think are intangible, it's a matter of patience. And we're living, not to sound like I'm on a soapbox, but we're living in an era where, where patience isn't at a premium anymore. So, and yeah. by the way, to piggyback off what you said, I might have told you this, I might have not. But Mike, uh, formerly known as Duke the Dumpster, Mike had an interesting story where he had told me off the podcast that uh, you guys actually had a tryout. At the right, and he was like, just you know, Bill. In his words, you know, of course, he was just praising you, man. And of course, you know, Bill was just more talented than me. But you know, doing the moonsault and stuff, he remembers that. He remembers that you guys had a tryout in yesterday, probably about 25, 26 years ago, something. Like yeah. That. yeah, we had the tryout, and here comes you know because he's a he's a he's a big drink of water, and so he, we had the tryout, and I'll never forget it because he went for the he went for the frog splash, he fell off the top rope. And then did the frog splash from the mat and landed on top of the guy. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. The locker room is in hysterics. You know how the boys are. As long as someone's as long as I'm not the one screwing the pooch, it's the funniest thing in the world. I know how the hysterics are, because like I told you, in the three, four, five years that I tried this, <laughs> I had plenty of people laughing at me. So yeah. Everybody's going, oh, oh. and so I got Bigelow in my ear. Right. Going, you you can't do that. You can't do that. If you can't hit your move, don't do it. He goes, that's wow. going to count against you. He right. said, that's how they're going to judge the two of you. That's how they're going to judge the two of you. So I got Bigelow in my ear, and I got a couple other guys in my ear. Thanks going, for the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big man, don't do the flip. Don't do the flip. I'm going, I came here to do the flip. So anyway, that's that's how we met. And then my thing was I, um, Jerry Jarrett was the one who brought me in. So I when I saw Mike miss the, miss the finish. Right. And I hit my finish, and everything went okay. And I'm thinking, I got a shot. As we all think when we're young and greener, green, and we're thinking, okay, I did one thing right. I must have a shot. But there's more to it. It's the it's the appearance. It's the, how you carry yourself. It's all these other things. So when he when he fell, to his credit, he finished it, but he fell. I didn't fall. Jerry Jarrett got fired. So when Jerry Jarrett got fired, oh, everybody wow. who got fired, right. all the names went with him. And I never forgot that trap because I, I panicked when he when he fell. I panicked because everybody in the locker room was like, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I got Luna going, did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> Jesus, everybody, leave me alone. I'm going right, to. Right, right. But, yeah, we were there, and, and it was I, – I thought we had a good, good weekend, both of us. And, but I, I always say – I, I said Duke fell off the top rope and got the job, and Jerry Jarrett got fired, and I left with him. You know what, man? You guys have both had great careers. Just Again, everyone on this lineup, quality human beings, and I mean that wholeheartedly. We're going to get into some of these comments and then start off with our first segment, which uh, for you wrestling fans, it is something wrestling-related that I wanted to ask Bill for a while. This is from Jesse Olive. Uh, what's up, Bill? Giving a shout-out. Happy birthday, my brother. Uh, Christopher, giving the love. We give it right back to you as well. 
Reggie Swan. Love the beard, Bill, from Reggie uh, Swan. You, I'm, I'm just. She remembers the, the Walkman. Uh, what's the? Uh, it's the Corona thing. Right, the Corona beard. Right, yeah. The corona beard. Yeah. I got uh, a days left. Philip, love hearing about the old time, old school wrestling. Good deal, man. From Christopher, you were super nice, bro. So patient. Bill uh, DeMont made me a better wrestler and person. That's quite a statement. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that kid, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Ryan with a very, very long statement. I love it, guys. You can write as long as much as you want. Actually, it might improve the show a little bit because it'll block my face for a second. Here we go. Check this out. Hey, Bill. I don't know if you're going to read this. I don't know if you remember me, but I met you at the courthouse in Ocala, Florida. I waited for everyone in leave to leave just to talk to you. You changed wow. my life, man. I respect you, and God bless your family, man. I love what you do for the world today, and I support you. And I just want you to know that I took your advice, and I'll never be on the other side of the room again. I got a baby boy, and I work hard, and I still wrestle. wrestle. Listening to you alone has, and there's a continuation, which I haven't found yet, but that's a really, wow. really strong, strong statement there. So I like it. If he was – Ryan, if, you, if you're still there, thank you, man. And um, I'm so happy that – I'm not happy the way we met, but I'm so happy that we met. And if something I said affected you that way and has helped you turn things around and get your life on the, the straight and narrow, then God bless you, man. And thank you for that message because that's the reason I wake up in the morning. Love it. I must have met Ryan in Ocala. Um, I do uh, victims impact panels where you stand and you speak to dozens of offenders. And that's part of their part of their thing they have to go through and you meet people that are three, four, five time offenders or people that just come in there and think, let me just sit through this class. And I try to make sure that before they leave, they understand. I love that. So to get that response, that just, I mean, where, where, where do you go from that? Ryan, God bless you, man. Keep it up. And um, yeah, set the tone for your baby boy, man, and be safe, brother. Absolutely. God bless, man. Nicholas Rigo. When we were neighbors, Bill used to make that riding mower look like a child's toy from Nicholas Rigo. Hey, this, this guy's a, this guy's a hero. He's a coast guard. Oh, Nick Rigo is was a, a, you. Young, a young kid living next door to me, and and uh, I remember the first time when the U United States Championship, he came over, right, and uh, let him take pictures with it and everything. And he wasn't just a he he just become a, a lifetime family friend. Uh, he grew up with my daughters and. Uh, to watch him grow up and he's raising his family now and he's in the coast guard and he, he serves the country. So, you know, another, just that's yeah. God bless you, man. I, I love talking to Nick and hearing from him and thank you for, thank you for watching the show, brother. Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching. You can always scroll down for past episodes. Always share guys, share it away. Cause we're trying to give you this free content here week to week. And eventually we'll switch over to Twitch. We'll talk about that at a later time, but you guys are making this happen uh, from Mike Ferrara. I'll bring this up. Are you guys Soprano guys? Take a look at us. What do you think? Take a look at us. Who do you think ran the Bada Bing before it became the Bada Bing? I was I was bouncing those bars before they had glasses. Right, bouncing, and, and you know, Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy. Look at how I'm dressed. We're Sopranos guys, of course. Kidding me? Love it's that question, uh, Jack. What's that guy's name? What's the matter, uh, with Mike you? Ferrara? What's the matter with you, Mike? <laughs> Jack yeah. Reynolds. Crowbar is a part of the PWF, a huge honor. Bobby Gardner. Hello, gentlemen, from referee Bob, Bobby Gardner. Hello, Bobby. And from John Williams. Crash Determinator, one of my favorite human beings ever in this business. We have Stewie John Palmer. Check out his podcast. He's very good at what he does. Uh, Jesse Olive, thank you, Bill. Guys, we're going to get into the first. Uh, this is from Ryan as well, from Mitch Seinfeld. We were talking about Seinfeld earlier, by the way. We were talking Mitch about is a 
LOCB, my left tricep. Oh, okay. The, LO, the LOCB is the Loyal Order of Chubba Bubba's. I love it. I and love the it. Chubba, the original members of the Chubba Bubba's or Rocco Rock, Johnny Grunge, Big Roadblock, and Hugh Morris. That's awesome. And uh, we we had we had that was our faction. We were the we were the loyal order of Chubba Bubba. Uh, Rochester Roadblock, right? Yes, Rochester Roadblock. Rochester Roadblock. Big I remember guy. doing a couple of shows, and he was there. Really big guy, but such a big sweet, guy, such a job. nice guy. Big. Job. He told me a story. He was just a huge fan one day in WF days and saw a show and got in the ring or something. It was kind of a funny story that he had mentioned years big, ago. Big, big yeah. Joe. Yeah. Otto Von Church checking in, Bill Cardona checking in, Trenton in the house. First thing I wanted to bring up, and this is something I wanted to talk about, you know, starting off with pro wrestling, I mean, your adage in pro wrestling is life. You know, pro wrestling's life or vice versa. The following question, it may not be similar to the comparison I make, but it's like sons and daughters. It's hard to pick a favorite. In your case, is that is that sort of similar when comparing your passion to working in the ring to the passion you had uh, of training young hopefuls? Is there even a way to compare the two? from a standpoint of passion and preference, or is it just apples and oranges as it pertains to training young hopefuls and participating in the ring? I, I loved and love being inside those ropes. There's nothing I wouldn't do, wouldn't try. There's nothing I wouldn't do for someone else. I'm, I made sure that I knew my job and hopefully I did it well. But when I started training people, it was like a whole nother it's it's um, you know some people say the greatest the greatest athlete in the world doesn't necessarily mean they can coach another person in that sport sure so i i figure myself i was i was fair to midland in the ring i was okay you were very I was good. An upper mid card guy maybe at times very good you were very good in the ring but i when i found my my, my thing was Every time I could get in the ring, I got in the ring with someone. And it started to rub off on people and go, well, let's get in the ring with Bill or let's get in the ring with you. And we'd, we'd learn things. And they'd show me stuff, and I'd show them stuff. And I was I, I was always thinking, how do we get out of this? How do we get out of this instead of that right. everyday stuff? And so it, it carried over everywhere I went, in Mexico and Puerto Rico and Japan. And I was always in the ring. And by the time I got to the WWF, WWE, to find out that there was legends like Taker always went to the ring. Well, if I can go screw around with him after being, you know, in the business long enough to tour, and I think a lot of guys <clears throat> and girls get cognizant of, you know, I, you know, I've been doing this 10 years. I'm okay. Every workouts, TV, yeah. I get tired. And while I understand that theory, I don't understand that theory. But to me, wrestling is it. But being able to coach someone and train them to become that wrestler, yeah, to me that's the high. That's the that's the that's the big one. So I, wrestling's here, and being a trainer and a coach is up here. Incredible, incredible. And again, this is the interesting thing, man. A lot of people. I don't. I don't want to come across like I'm generalizing. I don't want to generalize at all. But I just want to ask you: Is it safe to say that training young hopefuls in pro wrestling isn't as meaningful today? Because a lot of the guys and gals you're training. The young talent, they either don't have a – they don't make a big enough dent on the national scene because maybe perhaps they're looking for stardom. Is it fair to say that in your era – and, again, you can compare the two because you started out uh, you know, in an era where people actually wanted to become pro wrestlers because they usually had a passion for it. Whereas now, based on statements, mission statements from young hopefuls saying it themselves, 
they want to become stars. They want to become larger than life. They want to maybe use wrestling as a stepping stone to get into other fields of interest. I don't want to generalize, but in your opinion, is that sort of the stopgap that maybe isn't elevating certain talents the way we saw in yesteryear because the people that wanted it back then were in it for the long haul. And in turn, we got to see their potential uh, rise to greater heights. Does that that make any sense at all? Yeah, because I like what's in your Rolodex. What do you what do you got? Well, I don't know. I've only been doing this six months, but I can do a, the triple indie. Yeah, but what happens after the triple indie? Well, who cares? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on TV by then. Yeah, but right. what if you're not? Well, then I'll go do something else. Well, you're taking that kid's spot. Who's out there six years? Like I'm a big believer in go go make your money. Go, go, go earn your stripes and go, you know, make your bones. And I said it to everybody, whoever came to me when it was, when I was running everything, if you're happy doing what you're doing, go do it because make no, make, there's no bones about it. When they join us, here's what we do as a company. Here's what we do. Here's, here's the playbook we have. And I'm going to give you the playbook and you have to go over that playbook. Unfortunately, people come in there for a couple, ah, there's nothing they can't do, and I can pick up anything. And after two years of investing in them, they come to terms with, wait a minute, this is not for me, and they and they bug out, which you, I have to appreciate anyway. But half the time as a coach, you already told the people above you that it was going to happen. So I feel like there's not, a, there's not enough in their pockets. Like, what else do you have in your pocket? Because that doesn't work. Well, I'm good looking. Right. Look around, brother. We got the we got the best looking. I'm a dozen, right? Yeah. Well, I'm strong. Nobody understands strong in wrestling because we don't bench press on TV. You know, I'm the best wrestler in the world. Well, we had one, and he retired and walked out on the business. You know, so it's they. You know, they keep trying to. The ones with the least amount of experience are the ones trying to repeat the things that have already that have already been done. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And again, we don't do questions here, guys, or interviews. We do conversations. I want to ask you something, though. Is it cause and effect, in your own opinion? Because at the end of the day, like any movement, uh, whether it's sports, whether it's entertainment, when, when a movement becomes so large to the point where it attracts young hopefuls, because the movement itself has become a star maker, it's it's kind of hard, I guess, to really micromanage and, and, and decipher who really wants this. But again, I don't know that. I wanted to ask you this, though. Did you pick up that sixth sense as a trainer? Like, if somebody walked in, not that you would judge them, right. but if somebody walked into those doors, maybe not within a few minutes or an hour, or maybe so, I don't know, but would you able to sort of gauge whether or not in a short period of time they were in this for the long haul? Yeah, I, I, I always said, and it's not, um, right, there's that thing, that risk of being cocky, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do. I'm, I think I'm in the top, right, the top of trainers in this business ever. And that's really cocky, but that's how I feel. That's how passionate I am about it. You're there there with me for an hour in a training camp, and I'll let you know, A, if you're going to make it through the rest of the camp, and B, if you have something to offer. And then, But then the C is how willing are you – how much time are you willing to put in to see if you have to offer that? Because you're not just going to learn it in 30 days, especially now, the business now, right? So – but – I feel like guys, guys and girls come in, and but that we've created that beast. Hey, we're going yep. out to the independence, and if you look this way, if you, if you know good, it's okay because we're going to bring you to the performance center, and we I'll use WWE as a thing, bring you to the performance center, and we're going to teach you everything you need to know. 
But then now AEW is they open and, and I I know my buddy Dustin's gonna open a spot and I you know you read where Cody and they're gonna open up a little center and all these people that are opening centers. What are you teaching them? Are you teaching them just enough to know so they can go and bump and be seen and then not be ready for TV? Because the worst thing for me is to be on TV and look like you you're not ready. Sure. And that's a hard place to make a name for yourself then, unless you've got a crazy gimmick character or you know something like that uh, i think lance archer is a great example of that he's a big kid he's had a lot to offer but he's went and made his bones and now the time is right you know the, the time is right for certain people after how many years in but they've enjoyed what they do they've learned and they've helped other people along the way and that's where your to me that's where your name comes from that's why i want to know who you are brian danielson not only was learning his craft, he was helping others along the way. Right. So not only is he building his his product and his his you know taking care of his Paying product it forward. Yeah. He, he's building products to work with around him. So whether he came to WWE or not, he knew he was going to be safe around the world. Sure. sure. And that that's what I feel like. That's what we're missing. And the guys who understand that are either too tired to fight that fight anymore, or realize that argument is never going to get anywhere. That's so I point. think there's a big there's a big drop off in, and that's why when people say to me, "Well, it's my passion," so well said. So well, you don't have a passion for something when someone offers you seventy five thousand dollars a year to train. That's not passion. That's economics, and you got a job. And so well said. Sorry, everybody. I'm not. I don't mean to sound mean. I'm just being honest. It's not again. It's not like these are the laws of Bill. These are the laws of life. Yeah. I mean, in, in general. But Listen, seventy five thousand dollars. For three years, and you get to stay home, and you know it's only six, eight hours a day. And I'm going to give you a, a world class facility to train in, and we're going to give you nutritionists, and we're going to give you acting lessons, and we're going to give you voice lessons, and we're going to have all these experts do all these things for you. Then hell yeah, I'm going to try it. Right, and, and so many people, as a result, demographically speaking, a majority of people will take it for granted. Now the thing is, too, and again, you know what? You know this better than anybody. Who am I to tell you this? But what I learned too when I was working for Carluzzo years ago was. There has to be a contingency plan. If something happens in the ring and there's a flub or whatever the case may be, yeah. and I'm not just talking about contingency plan walking away from wrestling. I mean actually the mechanics. If you're inside that ring, there, there isn't a contingency plan, and you see a lot of this. I mean, you're a guy who can watch a match within two seconds and identify what I'm talking about. A lot of the guys, because of the systematic way of how TVs run, and tell people it's a TV show. It's not, it's not pro. It's a TV show, so I understand it. But a lot of the guys will pick up where they left off because they don't have a contingency plan. Right. And you see that all the time. It's prevalent. It's so prevalent, Bill. There's no more A, B, C, and D. There's no more learn your trade. What's your backup? Where are you going? Can you lead or do you follow? And there's, you know, Arn Anderson used to say, when you point your finger at one, three fingers are pointing back at you. So the first time, well, he didn't hit his spot. Right. I, so I, I don't, I never understood that. I don't understand when people say, well, I want to be a baby face or I want to be a heel. I don't understand that. And I don't understand, well, that guy didn't do what he was supposed to do. What's your job? What are you supposed to do? And if I'm relying on him, then I better be spending more time with him. Lance Storm and I never said two words to each other for a year other than hello and a hug because I love Lance Storm as, as a person. We got along famously. I didn't mean we never talked. But we right. didn't go through a buh, 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 buh. I was a fan of Lance Storm and understood what he did in the ring. And he knew the two things I did in the ring. 
Yeah. So we, we worked well together. Same with Billy Kidman. Same with all these guys that you worked sure. with. And then there's certain guys you sit with and, you know, you kind of lay it out there the first couple times. But then you're going for six months and you don't have to say, but that doesn't happen anymore. If I don't work with, if I spend all my time with Sami Zayn and work well with Sami Zayn and all I can work with is Sami Zayn, then what happens when Sami Zayn's out hurt? I'm out. Out of sight, out of mind. We talked Perfect about that sense. a couple yeah. weeks ago. So I, I'm not sure. I, I know I'm drifting a little bit, but wrestling no. wrestling gets me like excited, and I want people to know like this. You're right. There's got to be a contingency plan, and and it's got to be it's got to be on you. You've got to hold yourself to a higher. It's not well. This guy's only doing this, and look what he got. That's him. You're not living with him. You're not sharing your check with him. You're not sharing your dinner with him. You're not sharing your life with him. So don't worry about him. Don't worry about her. Don't worry. Well, why is she doing media? Because she wants to get up at 6 a.m. You're right. crying because a guy missed a, a hip toss. You know what I mean? Sure. So That's there's got to be a plan, and, and what are you willing to do? And when you say you're willing to do it, well, you you better, hey, I'd like to do more. Well, what do you mean more? I'm not sure. Then that doesn't work for people. doesn't work, yeah. You have to know what that more is. Hey, I'd like to do some media. Hey, I'd like to start some stuff on on, on social media. You know what? I'd like to do some live appearances. Is there anything in town I can do and get there early? And and not the next question I'm going to ask, you know, make sure I get paid for it. Offer yourself, sure. Yeah. You offer yourself up to sure. wrestling gods and go, what else can I be doing? A la Taz, right. uh, Mott, announcing agents, producers, you know, coming into taking over the program. So what else is there for me, you know, to do instead of just coming in every once in a while? Dropping some knowledge, which is not a bad deal, but a lot of these guys go in and out, and it's 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 for a long time it was the business's fault, and a lot of them now realize like I just wasn't for me, you know. The end of the day, I mean, the guys, and you're getting this completely unconditional from Bill, and I appreciate that. Uh, I know everyone does as well. We're going to bring up some more questions and comments, and we're going to segue into something. Uh, that, that, again, is near and dear to Bill's heart because it has to do with being a motivational speaker. And you know what, guys and gals? Uh, we I, I want to say gals. I don't want the Me Too movement all over me. Uh, <laughs> every day that we're looking at COVID and waking up, every single day we're looking at the situation of civil unrest. We're not going to get into that. But I think motivation is so near and dear to my heart because there's a lack. There's a dearth of motivation. But Bill DeMott has been motivating people on a stage, uh, again, to the masses because this is something that touches his heart. I want to take it back to where, I guess, was it rooted in a certain place and how did it evolve? But once we do that, uh, we will transition in something else, which is football, and then we'll play a fun little game. But before any of that occurs, this is from Phil. Philip, you are a great teacher of the sport of wrestling, Bill. Also a great mentor, spreading the word to people and youth today to make better choices in their lives, especially when it comes to making great choices instead of bad choices. From Philip, Philip, I put up your question regardless of the fact that you have a Pittsburgh Steelers thumbnail. Yeah, I that, still put it up. The Pittsburgh thing's a little much, Philip, but thank you for the question. Thank you for that. Uh, Michael J. Seal, uh, facts from Jack Reynolds, agreed. Uh, from Mel Keith, thanks for stopping by as well. From Stewie John Palmer, who does Bill like aside from Lance Archer and AEW? Who does he feel has their spot and deserves it from Stewie John Palmer? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, great question because I don't, I don't speak wrestling lingo like i said spot heat baby face like i believe everybody who's there is there for a reason uh they've been handpicked or they've been scouted that's the one thing i'll say about cody rhodes and i don't know i don't personally know the bucks 
but I know they do their homework. And I know they're fans of the business. And no matter what's said, they're businessmen now and have a lot on their plate. And I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of the guys. Uh, I'm a big Jake Hager fan just because I know him as a person. Um, you know, what, what, what can you say when you can watch Jericho transform into whichever whichever he wants to be that night? Um, Omega has his his thing. The Bucks have their thing. Uh, MJF probably comes off as real as they get right now, uh, you know, speaking-wise and, and things like that. Um, so I, I like a lot of people there. I like Hangman Page. I'd like to see something something get sink his teeth into. But uh, I like – I just like wrestling. I, I'm not really caught up on a lot of uh, the ROH no. stuff and things like that because I – I, I try not to watch too much wrestling. Otherwise, I get all worked up and start running around the house like a madman. <laughs> there you there's, go. There's a lot of guys. Like, I know Archer's been working really hard for years. I was really happy to see him uh, get his opportunity now to come home and work home. You know, And that's and sure. that's been the thing for guys like Doc Gallows and and, and uh, those guys who got a chance, you know, while you're making money and doing well, you got to come home. And home's a lot better place to be sometimes than – the other side of the world. So, Oh, man. Great point there from Chris. Just hanging with you as kids growing up motivated you. Something I want to get into really quickly. Uh, when it comes to motivating people, uh, I, you know what? Again, this is why I could kind of tip my hat to you, even though I'm not wearing one, although usually the shows I'll flip-flop and wear certain hats. But I'm not wearing one. But if I had one, I would tip it to you literally. But figuratively speaking, I do tip it to you because it's one thing to motivate people that you know. But, I mean, you took it upon yourself to really just get up on stage. Get to the point where you're talking to a sea of people, give them hope, and let them know that regardless of their, their pratfalls in life, there's always something to look forward to and always something to strive to. Take us to the beginnings of that in terms of like, you can't, I don't want to sound so vague, so I'm not going to ask you when did you become a motivational speaker because in essence, if you are one today, you probably always were or maybe just didn't recognize it or didn't utilize it. But when did you start utilizing motivational speaking? I I started when when everything. I, I think I, when I, when I was a coach, you know, and you do things, and I came out of college and I was coaching football, and and I I just love being around people who love doing something, whether you know whether it's drawing or whether it's being little kids and they want to have fun and they're on the, in the on the playground and you want to tell them how good they're doing and I have I've always been surrounded by nieces and nephews and and. I love people who try. As a kid, I didn't. I didn't try. I had a, you know, raised by a single mom. Three kids raised by a single mom. We didn't cross the street. We didn't leave the yard. <clears throat> we played with the kids on our side of the street, you know. So it was a select group of kids growing up, and I was kind of an introvert. And I was always a fan of those movies and those things where someone succeeded. Until this day. Full disclosure, till this day, a movie will make me choke up. And somebody who wins. Yeah. Yeah. Not wins the game and wins the million dollars, but someone who's winning in what they want to do. And when I watch people work hard, I know what they're trying to do. And when they work hard and they make me work hard, I want to be around that person. And if I can spend now, don't get me wrong, I have moments, and again, full disclosure, I have moments when no one wants to be around me because if I'm working hard and you're not, then all hell breaks loose. But it really started to come to me 
when I became a dad and have a lot of things to apologize for as a dad. Uh, I could have been better, a better dad as my girls were younger and the learning curve there. And I, why I say that is because I was still in wrestling. I was still a rock star and I was still out, you know, when I should have been home an extra day, I probably took the extra day on the road instead of coming home and living the life of, you know, David Lee Roth instead of Bill DeMott. So I always apologize to my kids as they got older for that. And I tried to explain it to them. Um, but when you're a dad, you, 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 you have certain things to account for. And I tried to build them out. The dad always tried to be that guy. Hugh Morris was one guy, but build them out. The dad tried to be that guy. And as I got older and I'm watching things happen, I'm watching how my life is going and realize that I'm spent so much time on everybody else, making sure they're good that I wasn't good. And I had to start talking to myself and I had to start, somebody had to convince me that I was worth working for every day. Does that make sense? It makes perfect like I, had, sense. I had this epiphany and everything stopped for me. Everything I was do, doing the, the, you know, the booze and the, and the drugs and the, you know, and the lifestyle was all gone in, in one night because that's when I knew that Bill was just as good as everybody else. He was trying to help. So that's the meaningful side of it. But then when my daughter was killed, I spoke to 1,500 students and 1,500 students stayed back to talk to my wife and my daughter because they all had a story of how they were affected by what I just said, whether they had a family member they lost or whether they w- they don't want to hurt their brother and sister or they don't want to upset their parents or they were sorry for something they did. And, th- and it's kind of the guilt thing took over. But I found out that you when you talk to people, and that's just that you talk to people. If I talk at you and I'm trying to give you all this information, I'm trying to, this is what it is, this is what it is. People don't, it's like handing them a book and go, here, read the statistics. Right, right, sure. You know? But if you can, there's something about, and I said, I think I said this before, at six foot three, 360 pounds, you stand on a stage and you talk to those kids like you were their coach or like you were their dad. And they see it in your eyes, they hear it in your voice, they see it on the screen, and they hear the way you're speaking to them, then that's what they understand. And if we would just slow down, slow down 10 minutes a day and look these kids in the eye and let them know, you and I are cool, but you got to stop doing what you're doing. And here's why, because everybody it affects is unbelievable. And so I never became a motivational speaker. I became the person I was supposed to be. And the only way I was supposed to become that guy was the road I took. And I've been saved. And there's a reason I'm on this earth. And there's a reason why I get to be my daughter's voice and set the tone for my oldest daughter and for my son and for my wife and for everybody we come in touch with. 60,000 plus kids later, 10,000 plus deputy sheriffs, officers in law enforcement, wow. Wow. corporate events. I teach three-hour sermons, uh, uh, seminars, and I speak at corporate events for safety programs and all these things. And it's all the things they know, but no one wants to talk about it. And I well, have you, said, you said it earlier too. I mean, you can you can preach to people. Not you're not saying you, yeah. but a person could preach to somebody. And the message or, or the tools and the foundation of what you're saying 
might actually be 100% correct. But it has to be, and it takes a certain person like yourself to be able to make sure that that resonates with the masses. Right. That ability to connect with people. And not to say that, you know, your time on the stage when you were wrestling or even training helped or didn't help. I'm not saying that at all. No, no. You you have to say that. You have to say that because if if, uh, Sullivan and Heyman and Bischoff and McMahon didn't put me in front of 20,000 people, I mean, you go through my career, I've had a lot of opportunities to speak. But if sure. they never did that, then half the time I'd be up there, I'd be like, and, uh, and you know, then I would, uh, and you guys are very good at, uh, and it's Vince telling you to modulate, and it's Sullivan telling you, speak up, and it's this one telling you, look at them in the eye, and so, and it's all those things. So, rest, and I said, wrestling prepared me for what I'm supposed to be doing in life. Incredible. Wrestling not only prepared me as, as a motivational speaker and a public speaker, wrestling prepared me as a man, as a human being. Wrestling taught me how to survive the worst case scenarios in my life as, a, as, a, as an individual and then as a, as a man, as a father, as a son, as a brother. Wrestling prepared me for everything that I'm doing. And wrestling, is if I wasn't involved the way I was, I don't know if I could be an effective speaker. But I know each and every night and every morning when I go out and meet thousands and speak to hundreds and, and shake that kid's hand and look that look that mom or dad in the eye that I know that I'm affected because it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So wrestling, wrestling will always mean more to me, like I said earlier, than than just a, a wrist lock and a headlock. There's a lot of people out there. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna mention names because no one even pops up, not in the world of wrestling, but in general. That will state that, you know, uh, maybe basketball's life, football's life. But what I love about this show, and there's so many things because we cover all topics, but what I love is that you do bring it back to your adage. It's not just an adage. Every single show, there is a certain amount of self-discovery that I have by listening to you, by seeing that you intertwine all elements back to pro wrestling, which goes back to episode one. Guys, scroll down and check that one out. It goes back to episode one when out of the words of Bill – came these these following syllables and sounds wrestling is life and you always interconnect that and i find that to be a beautiful thing man really every episode wrestling rules i mean that's all uh that's all i know that's all i know is wrestling rules that's how i got to the next town that's how i that's how the next cash the check got cash that's how that's how you bought your car that's how you bought your house that's how you were able to feed your kids and and wrestling rules applied to everything. That level of respect, they and it's wholehearted. Guys, I'm going to bring up some of your statements and comments. Before we get into a problem that I'm having, as, as you know, I grew up in New York. Uh-huh. I'm in Jersey now. I don't have this problem anymore, but I had a problem growing up in New York, and it had to do with a certain favorite football team of mine being in Jersey. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they call themselves New York, too. We'll bring up some of these. Uh, this is from Aaron Vaughn. Really cool statement here. Bill DeMott's a major reason I got into the business, and I love everything he stands for and the knowledge he's brought to the wrestling world from Aaron Vaughn. Wow, thank you, Aaron. Uh, this is from Mel Keith. Bill DeMott for president 2020. I don't know if he wants that position. <laughs> Thanks for uh, being his campaign manager here. This is uh, from Michael Barr. Michael Barr from Southeast Alabama. Thanks for joining all the shows, man. Really appreciate that. He says, build up and motivate people. Being negative has a way of bringing people down or lowering their self-esteem. Uh, this is from Philip Newkirk. Hard work beats anything that refuses to work hard. I like that. Uh, James Rampage. You're the best, Demont. Hope all is well from James. Thanks, brother. 
Very long statement, which I love reading. Shannon, I had a guy like Bill in my 20s. Would turn up to my house unannounced nearly every day and just beep his horn. Next minute, I'd be in the car going to jujitsu training. I used to resent him for it at the beginning and would think he was a complete arsehole for doing it at times. After about three weeks, I worked out that he saw something I didn't in me and didn't want me to wallow. Everyone needs that person in their life, even if it tees you off from Shannon Revel. Uh, yeah. Mike, yeah. This is from Christopher. Wrestling is life indeed. <laughs> With the indeed at the end. Um, I like that. From Shannon, greetings from all from Australia. Down under, nice. I love it. Uh, James Rampage, I know that the knowledge Bill DeMott has of professional wrestling is priceless from James Rampage. You know what's priceless, Bill? What's priceless is the fact that growing up in New York and Queens, I was told by my dad to love a certain team. He told me, don't love the Jets. He told me to love the Giants. Go Giants. I'm a giant guy. What he didn't tell me was, and I had to find out probably when I was eight or nine years old, was that my beloved New York Giants played in New Jersey. Uh, this is something I, I could I couldn't stand the fact that my team was in Jersey. And you know what? What were some of the NFL teams that you remember as a kid that really pulled you into the game, Bill? That I was a I was a huge like I'm a I'm a Giants guy, and I I feel the opposite because they're in Jersey. I can't believe they still call themselves New York. So we, <laughs> you, you and I could go on for that forever. Yeah. Either way, they still hurt my heart. Um, <laughs> but we're 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 a Giants household. But when I was growing up. Um, I wore the number 77 because I was a Lyle Alzado fan. Lyle uh, the Zato. Raiders. Yeah. So I was a Raiders. I was a Pittsburgh Steelers guy through and through. And when I was a kid, the Steelers were it. They were, they were just a machine, you know, <laughs> on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I was, I, I enjoyed, I, I loved watching Dallas play. I yeah. mean, back when the powerhouses were powerhouses. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, as the game changed, as I got older and you, know, you get really got into it. I mean, we became, you know, diehard Giants fans and 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 uh, still still to this day. Poor James says, I don't think anyone has a bigger broken heart than me. I'm a Lions fan. Oh, geez. Gee, yeah, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> sorry. I'm wearing the colors for the Lions today. I'm wearing them. Maybe the, maybe the Rock can buy the the Lions next. Right. Yeah. Get his mightiest touch on the Lions, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Bill. So, I mean, and, and by, you brought up Lyle Zid. I got to bring this up, too, man. For guys who don't know about Lyle Zaid, you know, this is a new generation. This guy was all, I mean, you see a lot of football guys transition into film. It happens with certain people. And, you know, you think that they were maybe legends because, not to bash their game, but this guy was an absolute animal and a beast on the field. Yeah. He was a, he was like the king of destruction. You'd watch him throw those forearms and cast it up upside people's heads. And like the, the like my, my son's a big YouTube guy, so he watches old stuff and he looks at me and goes, Dad, did you see that? I'm like, that's the way the game used to be played. Yeah. You know, everything was contact. But Lyle Alzado was just a machine. But then off the field, he had a TV career, he had a movie career, he was soft spoken. And then he came out and and became honest with himself and why he was in the condition he was in and you know and and uh, Further on, how he passed away and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was very old about it. But Alzado was a monster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the thing that I loved about Alzado was Alzado taught Howie Long. Yes. Yes. And that's Howie right. Long, Howie Long couldn't read a playbook. He said, "I don't know X's and O's. Just tell me to go get the ball." So you, this is when this is where men were men, and this was their job. 
You said it best. You said they, you it know, best. They're, not doing, they're not doing, you know, we're joking about Rocky doing commercials and trying to expand their, their lifestyle. These are guys who go, I don't know what to do except I can get the ball. Sure. They were such badasses at doing it. Excuse my language. Yes, yes. You know, I was drawn to uh, Alzado. So that's I, that's why I wear um, 77, and I, I'm so proud. My, my boy wears that number uh, today. So that's I would cool. like to see half the QBs today try to run the ball. In that era, I would like well, to see half of them try to run. Good nightmares. I, we had I had the honor of playing, uh, playing. She's working with uh, Reggie White when Reggie came to WCW, and uh, Kevin Green sure. and Mongo McMichaels. Whew. And while everybody else is going, wow, oh, yeah, cool. I'm thinking to myself, these are the guys. Yeah, yeah. So when I got to tussle with Mongo McMichaels, everybody was going, I don't want to wrestle Mongo. He's dangerous. I'm like, I want to be in there with him and bash. Heads, I want to be in there with him and see what really he's, he has to offer. And Kevin Green was just so electric and so wound up, and all these things. Even Rodman was that way. Carl Malone was that way. Right. Like, those were the guys I wanted to to bang with and get to know. And and they all had a certain love for the for and respect for the industry. And they right? came. Yeah, they came. Reggie White's wife was so funny at the time. Bless her heart. She came in after like second day, and she goes, "He's more beat up in two days." Than in a whole season, and he's not coming back here anymore. Wow. And I about peed in my pants. Wow. Reggie White's a monster. An exclusive. A lot of people wonder why Reggie White didn't come back after that match. There you go for Bill DeMott. <laughs> his, wife, his wife said, not a chance. Uh, this is from Christopher, and he's right. Uh, going back to Lyle Alzado, I have the show. I actually own it. Learning the Ropes from Lyle Alzado. Great sitcom yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, you're right about yeah. that. Uh, Michael Barr, just like old school wrestling, so was old school football. Was playing the same, played the same way. Uh, from Philip, Bill, did you have any interactions with McMichael when he worked in, in WCW? I mean, yeah, yeah. love Mongo. We had, had a great, you know, I thought it was a great opportunity to get to know him as a person. I was honored because I started out as a fan and we became peers. And um, I just saw him not to my last appearance. We we're both there, and, and and you know, it's just that thing. Two guys see each yeah. other. And go, oh no! And it's just that big hug and. I'm thinking to myself, I'm that, I'm that little kid from New Jersey going, it's Michael McMichael. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? I'm going to bring I'm gonna bring up JT Funk's question after we play a game. I didn't forget your question, JT. It just, uh, it's not part of our segment, but what I want to do is make sure that you get the last question that will be addressed of the show. That'll be the honor, which is uh, from a trainer's perspective, how can you yes. tell if someone has the it factor? We will bring that up as the last question of the show. What we're going to do now, I'm going to bring in somebody uh, who's – Again, I really appreciate, you know, people want to use the word fan. Or this guy, this guy is a real, real, just a real person, Adam Sentif. Uh, on his page, you got Brian Clark, you have Ray Lloyd, uh, you have you have Christopher Ford, who's on that page, formerly Devin Storm Crowbar. There's a lot of guys on that page, and they interact with each other because Adam's a gentleman. Adam's a uh, just a well-rounded individual, got a good head on his shoulders. I like him a lot. I'm going to bring Adam. He's going to be playing with us. We're going to be playing a fun interactive game, which, by the way, you guys – will be the judge and the jury. You guys can override Bill and Adam and decide for them. So that, that that's, that's again, that's how, that's the prestige we have for you and the honor and respect. Adam, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm excellent, Avi. How are you today? And once again, another wonderful introduction. Bill, it's an absolute... I want, I want the check. As uh, Jack Burton used to say, it's in the mail. In the mail. Jack Burton. There you go. Bill, it's an absolute honor and a pleasure to meet you, sir. How are you doing, Adam? Good to see you, brother. I'm staying cool here in Texas, doing my oh, best. Man. This is what you guys are all about. You make all these shows go, so we want to give you the respect right back. 
Uh, from Paul Neese, we'll, we'll ask one question before we start playing the game. From Paul Neese, did you ever wrestle Adrian Adonis and your thoughts on Adrian Bill? Oh, no, I never I never even met uh, – like he, he – Adrian Adonis would have been on my bucket list of guys to uh, to have met and like sit under that learning tree because he was a uh, – if you looked at him, nothing special, right, kind of – out of shape, people nowadays look at him and go, "Really, Adrian Adonis? Adrian Adonis was a bad man. A he could was, too, huh? He he was a bumping machine. He moved around so well for a big man. I was a big fan of Adrian Adonis uh, um, as as a as a younger guy, and, and now I, I never got a chance to uh, to run with him. But man, he he's definitely on my bucket list of guys. Super cool question, Paul. Really cool question uh, about Adrian. Uh, and again, uh, as Adam hold it, held up that right guard can do that again we're gonna be bringing some of these items guys out of their boxes out of the warehouse and dust them off bill get some we'll all get some uh 90 days thanks for right guard again adam showing the right guard there you go uh and, and this is a game we're gonna play you guys will interact as i mentioned this we always have new and exclusive games we don't repeat games at least for for the time being uh this old noggin instead of screenwriting my script like i should be i'm coming up with with some of these games here but uh, we were talking about sports, and I want to segue from sports to movies, but not abandoning sports entirely. We'll debut a brand new game that's called That's My World. We'll have fun with this game by suspending disbelief, much like in pro wrestling, and we'll give you the opportunity to pick one of three movies that seem like a cool place to be a part of. What does that mean, be a part of? A place that you would like to have experienced, a fictional place that you saw that you said, you know what, I want to be in that world. Leave it to Beaver, all that kind of stuff. The catch is these are all sports movies. And Bill did earlier say, and this wasn't a segue, guys. Bill isn't privy to this game, so he didn't know. But he did say, and I would agree with him, I've had my moments where some of these sports films produced, you know, they're tear-induced. And some of these movies have done that for me. They're all sports movies. Let's play That's My World. Which wow. of these fictional worlds in sports films would you have been inclined to either spend a day or took a liking to in terms of the story, characters, settings, and locations? We will start with Adam. Bill gets the last word. Who can override Bill? You guys, the viewers. You can override all of us. Tell us which world you would have liked to live in. Here are the three options. You've got to pick one and explain why. Adam Sentif, Field of Dreams, Rocky Number 5, or Hoosiers. I'm going Rocky Number 5. I don't even have to think about that. Just to see Balboa, maybe not in his prime, a little past it at that point, but still with a little gas in the tank, taking on the world champion just in the middle of the street, Tommy Gunn. I'm all for it. And he won that fight. World in Philly when Rocky is coming back and Paulie signed off the power of attorney. Now he's got to put his life together. You'd like to see, you'd like to experience Rocky's downfall. Come no, on. not, not, necess not necessarily his downfall, <laughs> but his, him knocking out Tommy Gunn. That's what I'm talking about. And yeah, yeah. punching out Duke Washington. Duke Washington. Only in America. Mike, Michael, love you all at work. We'll catch up later. Watch that replay. It'll be on Bill's page and on my page as well. Uh, and again, I'm going to throw this to Bill right now. I'll give you the three options. Uh, which ones and why would you have liked to have spent a day in or you took a liking to? The setting, the characters, the story, everything. Field of Dreams, Rocky Five, Hoosiers. I, 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 it's tough. I'm going Hoosiers. Because I, I, when you watch that film, I put myself in uh, the coach's place. He's telling the kid... Until you tell me the flavor of gum, 
right? Because that's all he did was chew gum. Yeah. He finally looked at the kid. The kid's out. He falls out. And he looks at him, looks at him. And the kid finally tells him the flavor of gum. That means he's got that kid's attention. Right. But the best part of that movie for me is when he went in to play for the state championship. Oh, yeah. And he makes him get the measuring tape and measure the hoop, measure <laughs> the net, measure the free throw line. And he goes, same as it is his home. If you can have that that power to then let those kids know how great they really are, that's my thing. That, so, I, I, yeah, I, I would I would have loved to. I'm a big Hoosiers fan. Oh, yeah. Gene Ackman in that movie, and so I, I picked that one. Hoosiers, and that's a great thorough explanation, man, because you're right. Uh, Josh Johnson, Game 1, Field of Dreams, Love the Voice, you build it, they'll come. Kevin Costner, underrated and good actor. Great off StreamYard, so Bill and Adam can't see these votes because they're off StreamYard. We have Michelle. She's voting in Field of Dreams. We have Danny. He's voting in for Rocky number 5. We have Steven voting in for Hoosiers. We have Trent voting in for Hoosiers. We have William voting in for Hoosiers. We have Derek voting in for Hoosiers. We have Lucinda voting in for Hoosiers. Hoosiers makes a comeback. Hoosiers it is. Thank you guys for voting. Because it looked, it looked I was sweating. I, I would go for Hoosiers, but it looked like it wasn't going to make it, Bill. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. We're going to start off with Bill this time. A okay. world you'd like to live in or be a part of for a day or maybe even longer. Okay. Any given Sunday, raging bull above the rim. Well, I feel like I was in any given Sunday for about 30 years. <laughs> I also feel like I was in Raging Bull for a little bit. I don't know anything about Above the Rim. Yeah. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with uh, – and again, Pacino Ooh. in the final game that your, your existence – is based on the next three yards. Or, however it goes, don't quote, but you know, you know what I'm saying? That speech, if you pull that speech up right now, everybody who's watching this, you pull up Pacino's speech on any given Sunday before that Goose game, song. and Goose either you're going to crawl the next three yards together or you fail. God, dog, take, take me somewhere where someone's getting me fired up and I want to fight, and that's who I'm following. So I, I love that answer. Any given Sunday. I love these answers too, man, because it's so in depth. Yeah, as he said, it's a game of inches, guys. It's a game of inches. game of inches. Oh, love it. Uh, Kevin Hill votes for the previous one, Rocky Five. Uh, we have Michael Barr voting for Raging Bull. Shannon above the rim. Uh, Josh Raging Bull. Adam, who are you voting for? Uh, I'm going to go with any given Sunday, just because not only what Bill brought up with Pacino's speech. He was great in that movie, by the way. A lot of shouting from uh, Al. But uh, that was Smash Mouth football. They had LT on the field. Yeah. They had, who else they have on the field there? Uh, I'll tell you who they had. I don't know his name. Might be Kevin. But And this is a known fan. Bundy used to tell me this. This guy was a wrestling fan. He might have hit the locker rooms a couple of times in the 90s. He played um, He played Latimer in the movie The Program. Uh, oh. Big, very hulking guy. Yeah, that guy. Was, that guy was... Sunday. He was like a metalhead on any given Sunday. Yeah, in the program, he was the guy that did the roids and like headbutted the car window and all that. A really big guy, huge wrestling fan too, and he was in a lot of the lot. He was there, and the, you're right, that LT, that cast, man, the, the way they came together, it just it, there was nothing superficial about it. You felt that these guys, regardless of their differences, these guys were bleed and die for you. Yeah, yeah, so, it's a great movie. Great movie. Kevin Hill, any given Sunday. Lucinda off Streamyard, any given Sunday. Michael, any given Sunday. Derek, any given Sunday. We have Chaz voting for Above the Rim. 
We have Derek voting for any given Sunday. We have Alexander Raging Bull any given Sunday. It is Bill DeMott is two and two right now, guys. Man, oh man. We're gonna start off with Adam Center. <laughs> you you got me fired up talking about anything. I'm gonna watch this later tonight if the missus doesn't mind. Um, three three places, one that you'd like to live in. Provide a reason why, Adam. Major League. Remember the Titans. Or Will Ferrell's semi pro. Uh, all I needed to hear was Major League. That's one of my like top five favorite movies. I absolutely love that movie. To see Rick Vaughn and Willie Mays Hayes <laughs> do their thing, come back from like that movie will make you love the Indians. Like I was never a Cleveland Indians fan until I watched that movie. Then I'm like, you know what? I might start rooting for the Indians. That's like a great that. movie. I'm going with that Major League. By the way, Avi, since you are sweating over there, I do have the thing for you. I appreciate little right guard, little right guard speed stick. Get some right guard over there, and you know what? I'll tell you why I'm sweating. I'm sweating in anticipation for what Bill's answer is going to be because I love all three of these movies. So it's it's Major League, right? Semi pro, Will Ferrell semi pro, which is like his take on the ABA right. in the seventies. And then there's Major League. I'm sorry, remember the Titans? Denzel. It's a tough one. Uh. On this battlefield, blood was shed, <laughs> brother from brother, lives were ended, and he says, if we don't come together as a team, any time a coach can look their guys in the eye and tell them something not about their sport but about life, and to get them fired up to make them think, Major League is my film. I think it's the greatest film. I believe I could have joined the Cleveland Indians and been part of that film, and we would have had a laugh riot. But the thing that Denzel did, and even turned around the other coach into that way of thinking, but he turns those boys into men and teaches them not only the game, but he teaches them life. I'm in on that. And that's the it sounds like oh Bills is no, that's who I am. That's like you you get someone to make me want to fight, and I'm sure. walking across the minefield for you. I'm walking across the minefield for you. I'm watching Kelly's heroes every night of the week, and I'm walking across the minefield for you because I believe in the mission. I believe in what you're saying. And when someone takes you on an eight-mile run to make you hate their guts, and at the end of that run in the middle of the night. Drops that knowledge on you. That's incredible. And by the time you wake up from being exhausted, it clicks. Let's let's play. That's, I love it. I love it. That's where I want to be. I love it, man. I, I I'm telling you right now, I need more right guard because this is great. This is getting heated, and I love it. The votes are in from Jen. Comparing drama and comedy. Remember the Titans is what she's going for. Michael Barr. You guys are providing reasons too. Major League gives a person a great perspective for the game. Kevin Hill is voting for Remember the Titans. Lucinda is voting for Remember the Titans. We have Derek voting for Remember the Titans. We have Alexander voting for Remember the Titans. We have Chris voting for the, the excuse me, Remember the oh, Titans. Yeah. We have Chris R. voting for Remember the Titans. We have Dahlia voting for Remember the Titans. We have Josh, not Johnson, Josh Prez. He's voting for Remember, remember the, Titans. the Titans. Yeah, I'm going I'm to have to really make up my Christmas list early this year. <laughs> and guys, this stuff isn't on Vegas, but if you're betting people, so far Bill's three for three. That's all I'm going to say. Nah. Three for three. I would I would go with Bill on this. I would I would ask Bill Adam, what he thinks about certain horse races. Bill, you're, 
Bill, you're killing it. You're killing it right no, now. No, no, Adam, Adam, Bill and I are going to talk horse racing. I'm going to go to Bill after this. I'm telling oh, you. Okay. He's flawless. he's flawless so far. One uh, for, I'm gonna, one for two. We're going to start off with Bill. Places you'd like to visit. Places you took a liking to. Moneyball. Caddyshack. A league of their own. Bill. Oh, I'm, I'm a league of their own. One of my favorite sports movies of all time. Yeah, great movie. One of my favorite yep. sports movies. That that little girl couldn't do nothing right the whole time, and it came down to, you know, kind of gut check, and there it is. And what's the obstacle? Your sister. But it's not a personal. It's business, and it was just a great. Uh, I yeah. I, I tell. I use the term uh, "skirts in the dirt" with my boys that I coach, and uh, they know what it means. I tell them where it's from. I tell them what it means. But that's great. Yeah, I'm a big. Uh, I don't. I don't really have a grandiose answer. I just think uh, League of Their Own is a great, great movie. And you know what? There's something to be said about how underrated that that last song by Madonna. This used to be my playground, and there's kind of a a vignette of the. You know, they're older now. They're in their 80s, and they're coming there for the reunion, and they're playing catch with each other at 80 years old. There's something sweet about that. Really, you were told you. You, were told you listen. Nobody's interested. There's nothing really going on. All the men and the important people are off the war. We need something to keep ourselves busy. And they took the ball and they ran with it. Yeah, yeah. They took the ball and they ran with it and got people interested to where the one guy wanted to buy the whole league. And and they turned it into, you know, they turned it into history. And that's all, really, opportunity, right? Opportunity and, and uh, Rosie O'Donnell. That's all you need. Opportunity and Rosie O'Donnell is all you need. Rosie O'Donnell makes it into a lot of our games, by the way. Uh, sometimes in positive and flattering ways, sometimes not. But that's Rosie Poya. Uh, Michael Barr, a league of their own. The sister came back and proved that she could play baseball. Josh Johnson, Caddyshack. Uh, Adam will get to you in a minute. We have Steven voting for a league of their own. We have Michael voting for Caddyshack. We have Dahlia voting for Caddyshack. We have Jennifer voting for a league of their own. We have Chris voting for Caddyshack. We have Elmer voting for a league of their own. So it's tied right now. Adam actually gets the tiebreaker. No pressure. Take that right guard out. Gonna need it. A little bit there, a little bit there. Ooh, I'm glad I had my right guard. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with a league of their own, just because there's no crying in baseball. Yes. There's absolutely no crying in baseball. I was gonna Tom say Hicks. you're piggybacking, but you provided at least a reason with a catchphrase. That's fine. <laughs> See, and well, I was also gonna say Tom Hanks is great in that movie. No one mentioned him, so I feel I had to give old Tommy well, we Boy. We talked a- about Tom Hanks last week. It might have been with Ray. On our show, it might have been with Don Morocco, but we, we did like best heel turns in film. I mean, face turns. Tom Hanks is like a quintessential face. I mean, heel at the beginning of the movie. In wrestling, he's he, a heel. This is a guy he, who doesn't want to be there. He can't right. stand being there. All of a sudden, that gradual transformation into like being that baby face. Great role. Stop drinking also. He was like a drunk halfway through that movie. Then he's like, you know what? I love baseball. and There's no crying in it. So Tom Hanks is great in that movie. I love that movie. Sorry, so, Kevin. I do love Caddyshack, but it was up against. This is kind of like the group of death over here. Because the life lesson is don't take yourself uh, too seriously. Jen, yes, she agrees. Michael Barr, way to go, Adam. Uh, we're going to start off with Adam. We've got a couple of more of these. Uh, one of my favorite movies. You guys may not have seen this. Uh, maybe our viewers haven't. I put it up there because it's one of my favorite, most underrated martial arts movies. One, best of the best. Two, Bloodsport. See, Kickboxer. Mm-hmm. Which do you take? Oh, man. And remember, a I gotta, place you'd like to visit. Would you like to visit these places? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm only, like, watching, right? I'm not participating. You can be a spectator, yeah. Yeah, because I'm not about to fight uh, Chong Li in any form oh, or fashion. Young, right. yeah. No. 
But I'll gladly sit and bet on some blood sport. The Kumite, yeah, I'm all for it. And okay. I'm, I already know, and I already know who I'm betting all my money on. That's Frank Dukes. Like don't want to sound, Dukes. don't want to sound like like a, a film guy here. But again, when I broke into screenwriting, I remember my literary agent told me, "Avi, your favorite movie, one of them is Bloodsport, right?" I go, "Yeah." And Bill, the guy, was like trying to like build me up and go, "What a great movie it is!" But do me a favor, watch that again and look at the editing. And unfortunately, I looked at the editing. And there's a part where like there's different scenes where two guys are fighting, and all of a sudden you pan to the uh, you fan to the fighters who are sitting watching. Half of them that were eliminated are sitting there during certain cuts. <laughs> during the other cuts, it's completely empty when it's like round one. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? But you, that's 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 the charm that it has. That has that '80s charm. I want Bill to tell me whether it's a spectator or participant. Where would he have liked to have put, just I guess live for a day or a couple of days? Best of the best, blood sport, kickboxer. I'm 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 jumping on Adam Adam's coattails and going spectator, blood sport, spectator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I think it's across the board. Jen, blood sport. Josh, blood sport. Uh, Serena picks blood sport. We have Chaz picking blood sport. We have James picking blood sport. William is picking blood sport. Uh, Lucinda is picking blood sport. Mike is picking blood sport. David is picking blood sport. Michael Barr. Bloodsport, Jean-Claude Van Damme is a great actor and makes those movies great. Yeah, you know what? He gets involved. I, again, I hate – I don't want to use those you know, wrestling terms, but uh, Van Damme sold. You, you hit him in a movie, he sold. Seagal never sold. He had that ponytail at the end of the movie, looking as pristine as it did in scene number one. Chuck Norris loved the guy and his beard, but never sold. Never sold. Just being honest. He never sold. sold. I love those. Sold, never sold. Sold, against, sold against Bruce Lee. Van Damme would, would get you to, like, cry for him. Like, you know, he's getting beat up by Bolo Young and <laughs> Shang Li. And, like, he's – yeah, he had that I – mean, again, he had maybe that wishy-washy kind of, like, boy toy thing going. But why not? It was the 80s. He had the look. He flaunted it. Uh, we're going to start off with Adam over here. Again, a world you wouldn't mind living in or participating or viewing. This is old school. You guys might have to look this up. The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh! That's what a great movie. Love it. Ooh, Love I might it. not have seen this. I might not have you seen that have, one. But you're gonna have to vote for one anyway, based on <laughs> maybe the title of the movie. How about that? Number option number two, Fast Break, starring Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back, Cotter. Fast Break. What another great movie. Or C, I threw this for some of the younger fans, The Mighty Ducks. So there you go, Adam. I guess I'm gonna have to go with The Mighty Ducks because it's the only one I'd recognize. And now I got two movies on my list I need to watch. You're a film buff, so you should. Yeah. On the list, give, thank I, you. I want to give it to Bill because his enthusiasm made me feel great that I actually added these films as part of the game. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I thought I was the only one who ever saw the fish in St. Pittsburgh. Love it. I thought it just I thought it was just a great movie. The the whole dynamic of how it was so ridiculous, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was, you took talk about there would be no major league if there was no fish in St. Pittsburgh. Nope. You know, that's you know twenty years ahead of the time or whatever it was. So that's I I, I want to live in that world. That was the, just the best. I want to live in that world from yeah, Bill. We, I would agree with that. A bunch of knuckleheads, knuckleheads, and you know what? I, and in the final game, they play the Lakers, and Kareem is there, and he's dominating them. <laughs> and in the movie, and after the third quarter, he just doesn't come back. We just don't see Kareem anymore. He's just gone. Adam, the fish that saved Pittsburgh. Fish that saved Pittsburgh. Doctor J, love that film. I'll we will it. start off with the man of the hour, Bill Demott. He will finish this up with the last set of places he wouldn't mind visiting or living in. These are three movies. One may not be considered a sport, but I will because it's the game of billiards. One, The Hustler. Two, Mark Wahlberg in Invincible. Great story. Three, The Fighter. Two Mark Wahlberg movies. I'm, I, um, uh, I'm right there in the middle. I think it's one of the best 
best movies he's ever done is Invincible. Uh, that's that's it. That's that's the that's the American story. That's the that's the kid. Whether you're wrestler, baseball, basketball, hockey, ballet, uh, whatever it is, that's the thing. And and to go through those things and people tell you no, 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 and just hey, what what have I got to lose? I've got nothing to lose, and I've got all the talent in the world to try to make it happen. And he just stayed on the straight and narrow. He fought the good fight, and uh, too bad. I mean. Sorry that it was the Eagles, but the the rest of it, the story was great, and I think Invincible was that, that's one of those movies. Like when he when he did that at the end, to me, it's like, and I and I get choked up. I get like a, a lump. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's and no matter how many times you watch, you go, that's it. That's I want to go chop wood or something. I want to go. You know, there's something I should be doing right now. You know. So, such a beautifully written and acted, and just an amazing Rick, movie of inspiration. Movie, yeah. Adam Sentif, who do you got? I'm going to agree. I, I like that movie, Invincible. You know what it kind of reminded me of a little bit? Uh, Rudy. Have you ever seen yeah. Rudy? Yeah. Yeah. So it, And I really, really liked Rudy. So yeah. that, so that Those two movies are kind of similar, so I really liked Invincible. I'd love to live in that world. Yeah. Even if, even if just for a day, definitely. A little, uh, little trivia for you. Uh, uh, Al Snow was actually on the set of Rudy. He had yep. – uh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Al Snow. Was old. <laughs> That's right. Tough way to segue out of that line, but guys, I'm going to turn it to you and use the viewers as scapegoats. I did promise, and guys, you voted really well. We appreciate that. Uh, Adam, before we sign you off, just let people know where they could find you. Uh, we appreciate you playing along. I loved your answers. They're witty. They're, they're awesome, man. Just let people know where they could find you and your group. Uh, well, we're right on Facebook, Pro Wrestling Elite Fandom or the PWEF. Uh, it's a great place for legends to interact with their fans, fans to interact with their, uh, the legends. we got contests that are free. As Avi said, it's a great positive place to uh, go and be a fan of wrestling without having to worry about someone uh, talking down to you for your opinion. Uh, I'm there. Jack Reynolds is there. we got a great admin team, great artists. <clears throat> Brian's there. Bill, we'd love to have you if you want to come on with us. Love it. Absolutely would, absolutely would be an honor. Uh, but, yeah, it's a great place, so we'd love to have Bill there, Avi's there with us. Uh, anyone who's listening, if you want to join us, please do. The more the merrier. Adam, thank you again for your participation. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thank you, brother. Y- yes, sir. Bill, nice to meet you, sir. Yes, sir. Guys, wraps up another great edition of Face Value, but we did save JT Funk's question, and there's also something else if Bill would want to talk about. Um, I'm going to sign off and give Bill the, the form completely solo because in a couple of months there's something that's – uh, that's taking place, but I, you know, I want Bill to talk about that if he wants to. Um, this is something that's very important. We touched upon it the last couple of weeks, uh, very near and dear to Bill's heart. But the last question we'll bring up before I give the floor to Bill completely is JT Funk, who had a question earlier. From a trainer's aspect, how can you tell if someone has the it factor from JT Funk? That's a that's a great yeah that's a great question because I think it de- it determines. I guess it. What is the it you're looking for? I mean, you know, in baseball they say is, is he a five tool guy, and on the on the football field is he this guy? And, and I think the it factor is just in how you present yourself, and for the people that are paid to know the sport or know what you're getting into, do they instantly see something, or do they need to see more? And sometimes people have the it factor, and it's hidden. 
it's it's hidden because they're not they're not coming as their true selves. They're coming as someone they think they should be. So I tell everybody on the first day to drop drop the shoulders. You've already got the audition for the next three days. You know, let's see what you got. Not let me see what you can do. Let's see what you got. Can you can you be coachable? Can you listen? And then do you still know when to put your flavor of ice cream on it to make it you know special and stand out? It's kind of like that. Um, uh, I don't want to use it's a bad analogy, but uh, America's Got Talent. Do you have that thing that makes me want to watch you, or is it just another act? Right. So, and some people go, "Wow, he's so good looking. He's got the it factor." Wow, she's so hot. She's got the it factor. Well, if you're not, if you get nothing more than that, that's not the it factor. That's just you just have a presentation. Can only take you so far, right? Yeah, you can only go so far. Um, I think there's a lot of guys who have the it factor. I'll use the guy who I you knew right away, uh, going back many years, and he, he's old. Uh, and he's washed up right now. It's John Morrison. He's old and washed up, and he's never going to look good, and he's out of shape and all this other stuff. And I say that with the utmost sarcasm because Johnny Blaze from Tough Enough had the it factor from the jump. He had manners. He knew when to speak up. He knew when to be cocky. He knew when to shut up. He knew when to follow directions. He knew when to, And he knew when the camera was on. And he knew when he was supposed to be where and how he did it and how he handled himself. And he's had a great career outside of wrestling, inside of wrestling, his personal life. I'm a huge fan of his. A huge fan of his. Mike Mazanin has the it factor. Chris Jericho has the it factor. Mazanin and Jericho look nothing alike. Nor do they act alike or speak alike or do anything alike in life. But they have the it factor. Who knew if Rey Mysterio had the it factor? Who knew if... Shawn Michaels had the it factor because you look at some of the who knew if Kurt Henning had it. If you look at some of the old Kurt Henning stuff, Scott Hall stuff, things like that. Sometimes it's hidden, but if you're good at what you do, and if you're open to realize that everybody's different, and define the it that you're looking for. As a coach yourself, I have to know when I wake up that day with that with that long book of tryouts of 50, 60 people. What's the it I'm looking for? Because if it's just a picture. Well, then they all should have jobs because they all look good because they all send the best picture they can, right? That's not the it factor. We're all sending the highlight reel. We're not sending, you know, how we look when we wake up. That's a good point. We're not sending, we're not sending how we look when we've, you know, we've had food poisoning and have no energy and what's our attitude going to be like. We're not, you know, we're not sending, you know, we're not talking to people when there's been personal tragedy, but yet I'm on the road and can't get home. It's it, It's all those things. So I think as a coach, Define what the it factor is, what you're looking for, and then it makes it easier. But don't don't feel like the it factor has to be right in front of you because there's hidden gems every everywhere you go. I love that. I love that answer. Guys, uh, so thorough. You get explanations of all of your questions answered by Bill in a very thorough, unconditional manner, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate you, Bill. I'm going to oh, sign off. You. Absolutely, man. It's wholehearted. I'm going to sign off and give Bill the form over here. Um, and give him anything he'd like to talk about at all that's from his heart. Um, one thing I want to let you guys know is, again, you can scroll down and watch. If you missed certain portions of uh, – I've had a lot of people message me during the broadcast. Uh, you guys can watch this broadcast again on Bill's page or my page, past episodes as well of Face Value. We'll be back here next Wednesday, guys. Excuse me, next Tuesday. Every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you can join us live for an episode of Face Value with Bill DeMott and Alvi Klein. 
And tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, it is Maintaining the Truth with Paul Rome and yours truly, Avi Klein. Tomorrow at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, I want to give, again, a special shout-out to all of you guys who make this show go. From Michael Barr and your great comments, who appreciates Bill, absolutely. From Josh to Kevin to everybody else. I will see you guys tomorrow. And remember, next Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Face Value, episode number four. Well, as, as always, Avi, thank you so much. Um, for another great episode and Adam and, and having fun with everybody who signs in to ask questions and, and show their support. I don't think everybody fully understands how much Avi means to guys like myself and Drosy and, and Morocco and, and, and Ray Lloyd for, for, for men like us who have an opportunity to still meet with the fans and get to hopefully drop some knowledge and, and let you guys know that, yeah, we are for real. And, and this is really important to us and, and it's really become a part of, my weekly schedule. I look forward to Tuesdays. I look forward to the interaction, not only with Avi, but with everybody, with you know my friends and and fans that, that that are following us and asking questions and staying put, and and it gives me a chance to talk about what what really is going on in life. Um. So we what what we're doing now is you, if you follow me on social media or you follow the foundation, the Carrie Ann Demont Foundation, you'll know that we have a virtual walk coming on October tenth. Um. You can go to the website, www.thecarrieanddemontfoundation.com to learn more about it. It's a virtual walk. We want to respect the the uh, social distancing and, and not gathering in large groups. But October 10th of this year will mark five years since my daughter was taken from me by a drunk driver. And while the pandemic can keep us from gathering in large groups, it cannot keep us from raising awareness about drunk, distracted, and impaired driving. So we have a virtual walk and everybody can register and sign up or donate or just buy a shirt or show their support and, or just stop in and say hello. But I urge you to come and find out more about the foundation. And the fact that Avi gives me this, this, this time to speak about it means the world to me. And thank you to everybody who, who is out there showing that support. Um, go on and visit our social media on the Carrie and the Mob Foundation. And I truly hope that if you need someone to speak in your area, get in touch with me. I travel the nation. I want to be in front of people. I want to help. I want to motivate you. I want to drop some knowledge about the decisions we make and how they influence others. And sometimes it's just good to say hello. So everybody be safe. Wear the mask if you have to. I know it sounds funny, but I need you here. We need you here for episode four. Thank you, Josh. Thank you to everyone. If I've missed your questions, uh, this will be uploaded to my YouTube page, and then it'll also be on um, iTunes, so you guys can listen to it if you're driving. Thank you, Michael Barr. Thank you, everybody. Have a blessed week, and we will see you next week on Face Value.